Since times before history, we've been gathering around our fires to tell stories. Join us as we play through multiple role-playing game systems, looking for one that's the perfect fit for our next campaign, and hopefully showing you some options that are out there for your own games. Welcome to the Fireside Stories. Hello, Barbarians, and welcome to the next episode in our Numenera Fireside Story. This is Rainy. I'm Santiago. And as usual for our Numenera Fireside, we thank Jesse for giving us this core rulebook so that we could run this game. Uh, We are having a lot of fun. And if you want to say thank you to him for helping us make this possible, please check him out on Instagram at GranPays, G-R-A-N-P-A-Y-S, and it's linked in the description as well. He does a lot of super cool, nerdy yarn craft and takes commissions, so check him out. Yeah, you could get yourself a yarn uh, Totoro. So last time in our Numenera Fireside story. Mm, Last time. You had accompanied Saria to Cillian Basin, um, moved through the town to find Darwin's shop, and she told you she could help Saria guard her mind so that she was not afflicted in the way that she was. Yeah, and it made me wonder like, if anybody else got like a Harry Potter vibe from that with uh, occlumency, where they had to study how to guard his mind. That, that jumped out at me. Nerd. <laughs> uh, and, but she told you that the materials that she needed for this solution were in the synth garden, which used to be used by everyone in the town to get their supplies, but had recently been overtaken by these creatures called broken hounds. And so no one had been able to go out there and get things for their crafts. And so you agreed to go out into the synth garden and deal with these creatures. And when you got out there, you found a pack of animals that looked something like a canid corpse with a giant bird head on it. Mm-hmm. And there were different bird heads on the different creatures. Um, it was a very difficult fight. You almost died. <laughs> I came really close. It was it was a squeaker, boys and girls. But you did kind of chase them off after um, kind of wearing down the pack a bit. You collected the head from one of them. Mm-hmm. You collected the items that were requested, as well as a couple of other things that looked valuable from the garden. Yeah, I got some uh, some fruit, some Healy fruit, I think, or I don't know. It might have been a reward when I got back to town. I have a note about that, but yeah. Yeah, you collected something that you know is used for making um, some sort of augmenting cipher. Oh, that's right. Yep. Um, which you thought you could use when you got back to town to get someone to maybe make that for you. Mm-hmm. And so you did. You had you went back to town. You brought back the supplies. You showed Darwin kind of your success out there, and then you collapsed mm. was where we left off. <laughs> right. I was all beat up. So, I, yeah, I fell on my face and went to sleep. True. Trusting in the kind and pure intentions of the local townsfolk who I had just done a great service for to, you know, nurse me back to health, perhaps. All right. So you awake 
some time later. It's hard to tell exactly how long you've been out, but the room is familiar. It's the same room that you had been given for your promise of helping the town before you left to go to the garden. And you note that there are some kind of bandages and basic care items kind of strewn around near the bed um, and new offerings of those different bowls of water from the springs for washing, drinking, and and healing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, your room is upstairs in this inn that you've been staying in. Um, it is up to you what you would like to do next. Okay. Well, the first thing I want to do is update my character sheet to reflect that I have my recovery rolls recovered. Oh, true. Because I've I've taken a, quite a rest. True, yes. And what about my other pools as, as well? Are those also... Go ahead and do your recovery roll four times. Okay. Uh, five times. Got it. Uh, and let's see how many points you roll. And that's 1d6. Plus one. Plus one. All right. And you want me to roll that five times, you mm-hmm. said? So 5d6 plus five, if that's easier for you. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe we can just do uh, 5d6 then. All right. Awesome. 5, 10, 16, 18, 19, 24. And that's with your plus five? Yes. Okay. So you may distribute 24 points as you see fit to your pools, obviously only up to full. Yeah. <laughs> it go, go past full. <laughs> like what? I have, I have 24 speed points. <laughs> your score is only 17. Like, oh. Okay. So my intellect pool is full. All right. So I'm down 11 here and 8 here, 19. So I can just fill them both up. Okay. So it sounds like, yeah, you had adequate rest to heal up. All the way. Cool. All right. That being done, uh, let's go check in with everybody. All right. Where are you going? Are you um, checking in with Darwin, you mean? Or are you just heading downstairs? Yeah, let's, let's check in with uh, Darwin and, um, and Saria. First off, I want to find out um, how long I've been out. Okay. First of all. Sure. Because I was only going to wait here for a few days. And I'm feeling uh, a little panicked because I am on the run. And if I stay in one place too long, it increases the odds that I could be caught. And so I want to see how much time I lost. Because I just passed out. And so who knows, you know. So So heading downstairs um, on your way to meet with Darvin and Saria. Mm Mm-hmm. So looking out the windows of the inn, you see that it is evening, Mm -hmm. which is similar to the time you remember coming into town, but you don't think that it's the same day um, that you came into town. It just doesn't make sense for how much healing has happened, like examining where your wounds were and things like that. You look to be in pretty good shape at this point. Yeah. it's, It's that disorienting feeling when, you know, you take a hard nap and you wake up and you're like... Is it just later the same day or is it like the next day? Dang, what's going on? So, yeah, I know how that goes. And so you 
move through the common room of the inn outside and you can see just as when you came into town the first time um, the glow globes illuminating this line of pools heading that really create the main street through the town and so you're walking past the pools because you know darvin's shop is at the end past the black pool where you saw the children playing before And as you walk past the pools, you can see people lounging, enjoying healing from their travels, things like that. Mm -hmm. And you hear and see up ahead of you a little bit of commotion as three humans, Mm -hmm. three people, are scrambling out of the last pool, screaming and flailing. What? Okay. So... You said that giving myself a, a basic check, you know, resulted in me feeling as though I'm basically back to 100%. So right. um, I have no problem running up to, to the, the commotion to see what the, all the ruckus is about. All right. So as you run up, you see these people. I mean, they're just like brushing off their skin and panicking and screaming. And you see that there are these streams of tiny black bugs that are flowing like water down their skin. Oh, no. Does that look like, I mean, tiny black bugs? Is it clearly insectoid or does it look like Iron Wind style bugs? I can see where you might be concerned about that. Yes. Um, But no, they do appear to be insectoid. Definitely not something you saw when you saw the children playing here the last time you were here. But yes, they do appear to be like tiny insects that are just like streaming down in the, in the waters of this, of this pool. Okay. And as the humans are screaming and like brushing these things off of them, um, you see shopkeepers and innkeepers kind of rush out to assist as well. Is there anything you want to do? Yeah, I want to look at the shopkeepers and townsfolks they're rushing out to assist what are they doing because i want to look for an opportunity to lend a hand okay and so people are are rushing out they're like looking a little bit alarmed at what they're seeing um you see some of them kind of stomping on the bugs that have been brushed off or sloughed off onto the ground um and kind of looking over the people who are in the pool noticing these purple bruises that are starting to raise on their skin. Okay. Is, and is there anyone still in the pool? No. Actively in danger? Everyone has kind of rushed out of the water. And how big are these bugs? Like just perspective wise, the ant size, large beetle size. I would say they're almost like kind of mite sized, but there are very many of them so that they can sort of flow with the water. Oh, okay. They're tiny. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Man, where's a, a can of hairspray and a Zippo when you need one? Well, I guess I'll uh, I'll start helping out with the stamping on the bugs and maybe ask a fellow stomper what these things are. Try to get the scoop. Yeah, so turning to one of the locals that have come out to help, um, especially as another one is leading these three people away to get some ointment and salves for their skin, he looks back at you and says, I've never seen these before, but it does seem that creatures are acting madly right now. First these broken hounds, now this. I've heard stories of things elsewhere as well. Mm, okay. So this is kind of normal bugs, I guess, 
for the area, but driven to the pool by whatever's happening. Okay. Cool. All and you right. can see like another couple of townsfolk are coming over to place kind of like a canvas sheet over that pool and sort of mark it as like out of order, basically. <laughs> yeah. Bathe at your own risk. Infested with mites. All right. Well, having assisted dutifully with the, this minor, seemingly minor mishap, if they're just retrieving salves and balms, then, you know, anything that can be treated with a topical analgesic isn't really a serious injury. Right. So I'm not really going to stress about it too much. Right. Uh, I'll resume my micro quest to find Darwin and catch up on the latest. So you continue down the pathway, um, turning at the end, just past the pool to head to Darwin's shop, which still sports its very strange brain sign um, hanging over the entrance. Um, And she's not outside. It is late uh, in the evening, but approaching the door, you can see that the lights are on inside. Glow globes are active. Uh, and the door is not locked. It is like kind of wedged open a little bit to allow the breeze in. Hmm. Cool. I'll go inside and look around for Darvin. So going in, you do see her. She's working at one of the various sort of devices that are in here. And looking up at you, she says, Oh, a good rest then. You're looking much better. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then... uh He would ask, how long was I out? It was last night that you came in, uh, early in the evening, collapsed a bit on the floor. We took you back to your room, helped you get cleaned up a bit, and it's just been one day since then. This is the next evening. Okay, So much faster than I thought you would recover. Nice. That's cool. Kane will nod mysteriously to that Healy remark mm-hmm. and look around, see if um, Saria is nearby. And she sees you kind of like searching the room. Oh, our guest, Saria is in the back. She is resting after her procedure. It did go very successfully though. Everything is looking good, but we'll know in the morning for sure how she's feeling. Okay. So at this point, I've done my my quest, yes. my uh, my synth garden quest, right? And I did the other quest that that kind of was a follow up to with getting yes. Saria to Cillian Basin, right? And I've waited one day. Yep, you've been here. This is your second night in Cillian Basin. Okay, cool. Because you got here as Saria. You stayed overnight, left to the garden in the morning. Now it's the next evening. So. Okay. Oh, so this would be your third day. Yeah. Third, the evening of the third day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Saria won't be well enough to, to go anywhere or say anything until the morning. Okay. Well, I could strike out back towards, um, where we met Patel and Saria to check on their efforts at the village, right? Right. I could stay here. Um, I could press on 
you know. True. Um, or I could try to get more information about the overarching cause of all this weirdness. The last one's pretty vague, you know. Right. So I don't know. I don't know if I even have a lead right now as far as that's concerned, like who to talk to or, or anything like that. Is there anyone I can think of that I could ask around town about to gather more information about finding the source of this weirdness? Because I feel like well, that's kind of the overarching quest. Darwin did mention that once Syria was doing better, like once she was better in control of her own mind, that she might be able to tell you more about what's been affecting her. Okay. Because she definitely seems to be affected in the same way that all these creatures are being affected. So she might be the key to all of this. Okay. And when did uh, Darwin say she might be back? back in the morning. In, in mm-hmm. the morning. Yes. Oh, okay. Because cool. she did her procedure today while you were out, and now she's resting. Nice. Well, then, in the meantime, hmm. I think I'd like to go uh, see if I can get some clothes to help me be less conspicuous. There's not a lot that I can do uh, for my face and my like cloak with the hood and stuff seems, you know, okay. And like the scarf I can pull up and all that sure. kind of thing. But if I have something like, you know, uh, runner's gear that I can maybe purchase if there's a, a weaver of fine fabrics that are maybe stretchy or something like that, that'll go, you know, long sleeves and, and everything to cover as much of my skin as possible without being ostentatious would be kind of kind of cool and yeah so as you know you're there chatting with darvin a little bit she mentions that many of the craftsfolk in the town because this is really a town of crafts people that rely on tourists i mean functionally Mm. um for their livelihood they're all very thankful for what you've done and so she bids you she says, I've contacts back at the inn. Let me get some people together. If there are things you are looking for, we can help you out. I'm sure. Let's have some dinner now that you're feeling better. Kind of get you situated. And if you'd like to head back on the road tomorrow after checking in on Seria, you should be prepared to do so. I agree. Heading back to the inn, um, Darwin kind of, you notice, like she set some things up for the girl so that she knows where to go in case she wakes up and things like that and kind of gets everything situated and then kind of ushers you off to the end. And by the time you get back there, there is a goodly group of celebrating townies, basically. Okay. All right. And so they have a few things for you uh, to thank you for your troubles here. I see. So one of them comes up to you with what looks like a very ancient, dirty, what we would recognize as a plastic spray bottle. Okay. And she says, this has been in my family for a very long time, and I think it would suit you well. It is great for travel, and, and it's one of the only things I have right now to say thank you for everything you've done for us. All right. So this plastic spray bottle is full of a solution that when sprayed um, cleans any stain and it never runs out. 
<laughs> nice. All right. So I've got some spray and wash spray. Yes. That's cool. Everlasting spray and wash. So I'm going to erase my shock module cipher. Oh, yeah, because you that. used it. And I'm going to uh, use that space for my one bottle of everlasting spray and wash. Yep. And then another merchant comes up to you and says, I've talked with the others and we agree that despite its value, this would do best in your hands. Uh, this is quite the find and, uh, Please appreciate that uh, we're choosing to give it to you for your hard work here. You've, you've done us a great service. And he hands you what you immediately recognize as an ingestible cipher. This is a cipher of eagle's eyes. Okay. So if you ingest it for one hour, you can see clearly 10 times as far as normal. Dang. Okay. For those of you that are not patrons... These items are ones we rolled for in the last patron episode. So do check that out if you are interested in getting the behind the scenes stuff. And I didn't, you know, fake surprise just now because <laughs> between then and now, I totally forgot about no, that stuff. True. <laughs> so I'm just like, ooh, an edible eagle's eyes cipher. Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> to be like, fair, last time like... you just rolled dice and I briefly mentioned them, I actually had to go back and listen to it to make sure I had the right stuff. Oh, okay. But yeah. I so. feel like you would you would have, like, I would have rolled and told you a number and you would have been like, hmm, mysteriously and, and, and ch- 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 scritched and writ- wrote you know, wrote it down. I but, did tell uh, you what they were. But you did tell me yeah. what they were. It's it's recorded, so other people there's, know this too. There's evidence. Yeah. Okay. But they are also able to, through your requests and descriptions, get you some articles of clothing, which they assume is just to help you freshen up and have some more supplies for the road. Um, and so you are able to get sort of this kind of light colored long sleeve uh thummy hole shirt yeah exactly what i was looking for (laughs) um slightly stretchy material the merchant who gives it to you explains that um this is recovered material from a ruin and she has used it to craft various garments that stand up very well to activity and blah blah blah. kind of gives you the spiel even though you're not buying it (laughs) but you know it's habit I mean, I'm buying her spiel, but I'm not paying for the product. Right. (laughs) I'm like, oh, yeah, all right, cool, yes. The the finest recovered fabric from far Calais. Right. (laughs) Is there anything else you wanted to make sure to do before basically waiting for Saria to awake in the morning? Mm, Not really. Okay. I mean, I still, like, I didn't lose my knife. Nope. And I didn't, you know, use up or break my tool case. Or anything like that. Um, I mean, my armor has been kind of piecemeal skins and furs, you know? Right. So some, like, better, like, armor would be kind of cool, you know, in a, in a leather or leather and plastic sort of, you know, situation. But this doesn't seem like a real martial town. No. So I don't know if that's anything that would necessarily be, you know, available. Like there's like, you know, yeah. clothes and supplies. I would and say like if you like, mention it, someone gives you contact information for people sort of 
in the, the nearby city on the other side of the pass. Yeah. So if you do continue your journeys, you have someone to talk to for that sort of thing. Right. But yeah, not yeah. locally. Probably not worth it to go into a city for that, but yeah. Okay, cool. So I'll stick with my skins and furs and stuff like that. I'll just make sure they're, you know, cleaned and mended and all that kind of thing. You know, because you have people who right. sew and whatnot, and they could, you know, stitch up some holes or like right. optimize their fit or whatever. Exactly. Know, that kind and of so thing. throughout the night, there is much food and, and beverage provided, um, various like offerings of services to mend your things or clean your things or, you know, various other um, sort of minor ways of saying thank you that they can offer. Um, and it's a very pleasant evening. You, you know, turn in later in the night. Darwin goes back to her shop slash home to check in on Saria and bids you come by in the morning. The next morning, you wake. There are no more screams or any craziness during the night. Everything seems to be peaceful. Uh, you do note through your window that the black pool does still seem to be covered from the evening before. Hmm. Okay. Still infested with bugs. Too bad I don't have my shock module active anymore. Now it's just a colorful jewel in my dagger. True. You have bejeweled it. Right. Bedazzled. Yeah. (laughs) I could have stabbed the water and see if it, you know, shocks the bugs. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. No help for it now. So are you heading over to Darwin's shop? Yes. Okay. So heading to the shop, you can see that Darvin is already up and ready to greet you. And you can see Saria running around the shop, seeming much more active and kind of childlike than she was on your journey here. Mm-hmm. And looking at her, you can see, although it's hard to get her to sit still for very long, she has two red and gold kind of strips of metal across her left cheek making the sort of semi-face plate. That's kind of cool. I wonder if I have enough uh, control over over my cybernetics to, um, you know, make them glow at will or not. That'd be interesting to try. Do you want to try? Yeah, I'd have to see if I could catch my reflection in a nearby window or perhaps, uh, I don't know, see if I can see the glow on my hand or something like that. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, I'd see if I can concentrate and focus on not trying to make them glow, but focus on the feelings that I recall, uh, when I know that they are lighting up. Sure. Sort of induce that state of mind without actually going full-on fight-or-flight? I would say this is something that would require your full attention. Mm-hmm. And for, like, a normal person having had this experience, you have, you know, a 50-50 chance of making it happen because you don't have a lot of experience with it yet, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You think that's fair? Yeah. So I would call that difficulty three, which means nine or better Okay. on the dice. Yeah, let's give it a try. Okay. Let's see what happens. Right. You have to kind of really stand very still and concentrate for a while. But when you do, you notice you are able to kind of 
interface, for lack of a better word, with this material that's now inside of you, kind of conjuring up that memory of how it formed and feeling the places, you know, within you that it is. And when you do that, you can rouse a bit of light coming forth, glowing through your skin. Okay. So that's what I was inspired to do by seeing Saria's new appearance because I don't want her to feel self-conscious about it. So um, if it comes up, I might have to try to do that again. Okay. And so Saria's running around inside. Um, You can see Darwin keeping a watchful eye on her as she moves between all of these devices and machinery. (laughs) Um, But she seems to be in good spirits, kind of. She has a half smile on her face as she watches the girl moving about. All right. So I'll talk to Saria and see if um, I can determine any, you know, basically check in with her first. Right. And so once she notices that you're there, she stops what she's doing and she says, oh, Connie, thank you so much for helping me. I haven't, I haven't felt like this in a long time. I've just felt I was so tired and my head hurt all the time and it was just very confusing. Now I, I feel so much better. I'm about ready to go home. Hmm. That sounds like a good plan. Hopefully home is still there. I don't say aloud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, he'll, he'll, he'll nod and kind of half smile because he's not really a smiley kind of dude and uh, hunker down to uh, better converse with her. Congratulate her on, you know, feeling better and comment on her new uh, appearance. Reach out almost as though he's going to touch her new metal on her face with a finger, but not quite. So it turns into more of a point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and ask her how she feels about her her new... Um, Augment. Or you could yeah. even like lose words and use the hand gesture for it if you wanted to, since that's pretty common. Yeah, that would make more sense. Yeah. She says, well, Darwin explained to me that, you know, a lot of people can get augments to help them with things. And she has some too. And, you know, now I just have this and it helps me feel better. And it helps if something tries to touch my mind, I have the option of not connecting with it. Hmm. Cool. She seems pretty well adjusted to that. So awesome. Well, we should ask her, you know, what she was going through before and if she had any uh, sense of what or where it was or perhaps what it wanted or anything like that. Oh, Connie, I'm, I'm glad you asked because I think, I do think you're the one that, that needs to help him. Help who? You see, there was, I felt a mind, it connected with mine from that way and she points to a direction that you would recognize as being northwest of your current location mm-hmm. she says it's it's a machine man and he lives down down in the earth okay hmm. and she starts to kind of trace a map kind of with her finger on the floor giving an idea of shape of things she says he comes from a place that looks like this 
and she draws it out and it looks sort of like a hand with or a mountain with like seven peaks okay and you would recognize that as being the ember peaks which are very nearby oh all right seven peaks to the northwest called the ember peaks he's scared but I, I don't like him he made me feel bad i don't really want you to help him because he made me feel bad but i think you have to i think you have to okay well all right then it's about time for me to hit the old dusty trail anyways, so... He's like, yeah, Darwin's been helping me put my things together so I can head back home. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. I thought she was going to say, so I can help you. Like, wait, wait, what? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you can't. You're a little kid. Also, this is a dangerous place for you, obviously. Yeah. Well, she's going to head back home. So who's going to take her back home? So Darwin looks over and says, yes, we will be making the journey together so I can speak with her family about her augments and make sure they're prepared for maintenance and understanding how it works and so that she has what she needs to be successful. Okay. I'll, I'll uh, tell Saria thanks for telling me about the, um, the machine man under the mountain and uh, all of that and that I'm glad she's doing better and advise her to run along and play in, in sort of a dismissive sort of way so that I can take Darwin aside and, and tell her that she should, you know, plan for uh, the worst outcome that her village might be, you know, gone. When I left her brother, he had rushed back to try to help the village with some of the braver travelers that were with me but i don't know what became of them and so they might be going back to a village that's just you know trashed so right she should prepare for that and so you dismiss syria and she says i heard there's bugs in the black pool and she runs off to go try to find some <laughs> and um darvin you know nods gravely when you tell her about um you know what patel had told you and where he went back to and she says Yes, I'm, everything has been strange lately. And if it is linked to these things she's saying she felt, then it is still active. I have prevented it from touching her anymore, but obviously other things seem to be affected by whatever this madness is. I'm prepared to protect her on the road. And if there is no home left when we get back to where her family is, I am prepared to take her on as my charge. She can learn the trade now that she has some first-hand experience with it. But hopefully that will not be the case. I have a feeling she would know. She would feel it if her family was not well. Hmm. All right, cool. So chances are she'll go home and live happily ever after. Fantastic. All right. So I need to strike off towards the northwest then. I got to get out of here because I've been here way too long already. Yeah. And those hunting me uh, get closer with every passing minute. Okay. So you know where the Embered Peaks are because it is one of the landmarks that you knew to look for to find this pass that would lead you west 
away from the place you've been trying to get away from. Mm -hmm. And so you know what to look for, this sort of kind of weird ring of mountain peaks that are very narrow, like towers. It looks like a hand jutting up out of the rock, but with seven fingers instead of five. And in the palm of that hand, you know that there's a village, kind of a stop along place near the, near the entrance to the pass. Okay. Huh. I guess I can go to that village and ask around for any uh, tunnels or mines or ingress points to go under the mountain that they're aware of. So I should probably travel to that village if I live to successfully arrive, uh, investigate when I'm there for an entrance under the mountain to search for the machine man under there. I mean, that sounds like a valid plan. That is my general bird's eye view plan. Sure. So let's hit the road. So traveling in the direction of the Ember Peaks, you... Uh, leave out of kind of the main road of Cillian Basin. A lot of vendors come and give you foodstuffs and things for your travels and bid you safe journey. Some pemmican, some shortbread. Right. Some, yeah, shortbread wrapped in leaves and stuff like that. Some chapstick. Chapstick (laughs) made out of cat fat. (laughs) Um, And you start heading northwest on the road and you kind of take a path off of the main road once again um to what you know from your memory and what you've heard should be like kind of just this simple town that's like nestled in this sort of safe outcropping of rock and you can see as you approach it the buildings here are made of kind of stone and steel And this dark green cement type mixture kind of between the blocks. And on the outskirts of the town, you can see that houses are actually carved into the edges of the mountains, like utilizing that um, as part of kind of the limits of their ability to grow. But when you get into the town proper and you start to get closer so that you can actually see the detail of these things you notice that there's some sort of strange upheaval going on here. You can see signs of destruction and violence. Um, Windows are broken. There's signs of recent fires. And people who are moving around in town, many of them have bandages. There are merchants and cabot farmers and even peregrines, pilgrims on the road who have stopped here for some sort of respite and all of them seem kind of scared and suspicious of everyone else. And as you continue to walk into the town, you see sort of people split to allow you to pass moving away from you, eyeing you suspiciously, sometimes gathering in little clumps of people and whispering among themselves. Yeah. I am a, I am a mysterious stranger blowing into town. So that is understandable. So I'm not going to take umbrage at their scrutiny or suspicion. We'll, however, see if anyone was will be willing to talk to me. Perhaps another traveler right. you know, might be less uh, resistant to me in, in that 
regard. So if I can ask someone what happened here, it would probably be a good start. Right. Are you specifically looking for another pilgrim right now, or are you just asking around currently? I'll probably look for another pilgrim, possibly one who seems to be uh, involved with whatever is happening. Okay. So somebody maybe clearing away some rubble, but clearly, you know, uh, a traveler, maybe somebody with uh, some of the tattoos or something like that sure. that indicates that that's what they do, that sort of thing. All right. Uh, I'm going to have you go ahead and roll to see if you can spot someone who seems like they would be best to talk to. Okay. So I'm looking for nine or better. This is going to be difficulty three. All right. Okay, so not quite there. So kind of looking around, you do spot a couple of people who, to you, obviously look to be peregrines, to be pilgrims. Um, And one of them, you try to talk to them, and they say, "I, I don't like the way everyone in this town chants in the middle of the night. Like they're praying to some sort of dark god. I, I think I have to kill them. And he wanders off. Well, all right. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. So I guess I'll just grab the nearest dude then mm-hmm. and see if I can um, have him or her or whoever tell me. Just whoever is, you know, closest nearby. Yeah. So turning towards another person, they look up at you and they're like, do you... Do you hate me? Everyone here hates me because I'm the only one who knows the truth about the universe. So this is a crazy person, but I'll ask them if maybe they can tell me what happened here. They're... Everyone... Everyone's doing violence. Everyone's... Oh, they all hate me. Hmm. I'm gonna... You're gonna need to probably do some real persuasion or maybe even some intimidation to try to get more than this surface talk that you're getting right now. All right. Well, I mean, I don't want to like start roughing up someone at random. Sure. Who may just be a victim of whatever this town is being afflicted by. So I'm going to pick someone to interrogate who looks like a real asshole instead. Sure. (laughs) It looks like they might deserve it. You know, uh, somebody um, who might be actively rabble rousing, actively bullying someone who unhurt him, him or herself, but has bloodstains and stuff. Right. Indicating that that's not probably theirs. Right. So look for someone like that. Okay. To, uh, cause then I won't feel so bad about, you know, basically interrogating this person when they're just a victim, essentially. Maybe someone who's, uh, profiteering. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would like three or better, please. Cause you're just really looking around for a type. Yeah. Nothing too crazy. Okay. 15. Looking around, you can see someone that looks like one of the Cabot farmers, kind of this very sturdy looking woman. Her clothes are a bit ragged. Um, There's some signs of like blood stains on them, although she does not seem injured. And you can tell as she walks through the various crowds of people that are clustered around, they shy away from her. Cool. (laughs) Perfect. 
because I'm going to walk right up to her and plant myself in front of her as though I intend to never move from that spot and look her dead in the windows of her soul until she acknowledges me, hopefully. And she looks at you. She says, you one of the crazy ones? There's one way to find out, fool. Why don't you test me? Everyone's... Kind of antagonize her a little bit. Yeah, you sound like him. Everyone just starts attacking everyone else. Okay, cool. She might actually be one of the sane ones. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, cool. Cool. <laughs> so, so having having blustered a little bit and and her like going like everybody's acting crazy and attacking everyone. So she sounds like she's maybe just surviving and not affected. So that's what that says to me. So I'm going to look, you know, look left, look right a little bit and then sort of, uh, you know, put my hands up with a palms out non-threatening gesture. You know, and then lower my voice. I spoke really loudly during my bluster. And then for for my um, actual question, I'd like to lower my voice in a sort of, sister, let me level with you here. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on here. Um, it looks like some major shit went down. So if you could, you know, just tell, give me a straight answer. Because everyone else I've talked to so far is just babbling nonsense. You know about as much as I do. It's like living in a madhouse right now. Everyone, it's like random bouts of violence and everyone acts like everyone else is crazy. I, I mean, luckily I'm strong. They're not going to mess with me. I'll take them down if they come at me. I can see that and that's good. Make so, sure and stay safe. I tried going to search out the magistrate and the forum, but apparently he's not seeing anyone right now. Okay, got it. I, I have no idea what's going on with this madness. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll wish her well, advise her to try to stay safe and, uh, you know, perhaps arm herself, but also remember these are her friends and neighbors and, you know, they're afflicted by something. So don't go too hard on them. Yeah, I'm about to be afflicted by something. <laughs> she, she ain't having it. She's had enough. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so... One last question before I go, and thank you for your kindness and stuff, but do you, do you know who might be able to tell me how to uh, go, you know, get under the mountain and enter uh, an entrance into the mountain, tunnels, mines, anything like that? Hmm. I, I mean, it sounds like you're trying to get down to where... The magistrate and, and his folk work in the form of the dead. Ooh. But like I said, he wouldn't see me when I went there. Well, leave that part to me. Where is this form of the dead? Right. Smack center of town. It's, our, it's what this whole place is built around. All right. Cool. Cool. All right, then. But uh, watch yourself. And she kind of eyes a few groups that are like gathered and whispering and like staring at you and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's all right. I'll, I'll look at one of those groups and narrow my eyes with my most, uh, intimidating scowl that I can muster and hiss at them. Like, I see you, <laughs> you know, don't, don't look at me fool. Go ahead and make a I ain't the one friend. All right. I'm looking for, uh, 12 or better. Uh, okay. 
cool. Uh, yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah, eight. They're not buying it. <laughs> yeah, they they're looking at you like you're whatever they think is going on right now. Mm. You're that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, you know, by scaring them off nonviolently, I'm only doing them a favor. So <laughs> let's go ahead and see if we can make all haste to the smack dab center of town. All right. So before we move on too much, I did want to do it when we were leaving town, but we kind of got into this little business. Um, I am giving you one more XP, one more experience point. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, for helping Saria. Right. Okay. Cool. So she have a total of two now. Yes. And then also, I can only carry two ciphers, and I don't remember if I used my antivenom. I thought so, No, though. you haven't used it yet. Okay. So you have two right now, because your spray bottle's an oddity. Oh, it's not a cipher. Okay. It's like your blanket. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Let me just move that down here. All mm. right, now I'm making my way... Making my way downtown. So you can see there is a a large circular stone building right in the middle of town, as the woman described to you. So this is likely the forum that she was talking about. All right. Does it appear to be empty? It's a like it's a large stone building. There are windows, but they're like stained glass windows, so it's hard to see if there's any activity inside. Oh. Okay. Cool. Are there any apparent entrances? Yes, there is uh, a main sort of door that's right on this main road leading to town. This is obviously the center of town, likely what you would equate to where um, leadership clergy would be or like leadership, like mayoral figure or something like that. This is definitely like town center sort of building of whatever governance they have here. Okay, cool. So I'll try to walk in the door. Yep. So opening the door, you can see that this outer office you enter into looks like it's been ransacked. There are papers and bits of machinery kind of strewn about. Um, I'm going to go ahead and have you make a roll to see if what you notice. Just tell me what you get. All right. Unless you want to adjust it because it is pretty difficult. No, I rolled a six. Okay. Yeah, it's just a mess. Um, And before you have a chance to look at it much more closely, you see a frantic-looking young man, um, a little older than Patel, maybe about Patel's age. Um, He's blonde, um, and his blonde hair is falling over his face, and he's looking for something in this mess. And noticing you walking in, he stands up, and he says, Oh, uh, I'm Kay Hill. H- how can I help you? All right, Kay Hill. I will advise Kay Hill to relax and tell him that I am here to help and that in order to do so, I need to speak to someone, perhaps the magistrate, but I don't care who, who can help me find a way to, you know, to, to go deeper into the... Uh, to the mountain. So he looks a, a little nervous as you're talking to him. Um, and he says, uh, the, the, the priests are, they're all gone. I, and the magistrate's not seeing anyone. Ah, uh, I see. Well, I mean, they'll see me, but 
we're not there yet. Is there anything else you can do to help me before I see the magistrate? Um, come, come back later. I, but he's not seeing anyone, and I, I don't. the The priests are gone. Okay. Well, I'm not going to come back later. And if this guy isn't going to help me, I'll have to explore this place on my own. So. All right. So I'm going to have you go ahead and make a roll. I'm looking for 12 or better to see what you notice about his mannerisms. Ooh. All right. Cool. Let's, let's actually roll good for once today. What do you say? 19. Okay. That's great. That's super great. Super great. All right. So you're watching him and you notice he's repeatedly looking very kind of nerve anxiously over his shoulder at this door to what it looks like an inner office area. Okay, cool. As he's talking to you. That seems like a good idea. You do notice that the way he's talking about the priests, the way he's saying that they're gone, it sounds like they may be dead. Right. Yeah. That, that kind of gone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, before I go barging in anywhere, I'll ask Cahill what he's looking for. I, the, the magistrate needed something. I, I mean, it's not safe here now. There's, there's been murders and things. It's, the town seems mad. Perhaps you should go home then. Uh, this is, this is my home. This is, I'm, I serve. Fair enough. All right, cool. Well, time to go check out what's behind door number one. Are there other doors in the room and that's just the one he's looking at? Or is that really the only room out of this antechamber? Um, there do seem to be like, there's a hallway that goes another direction. It is a circular building though. So it seems like from this kind of main front office functionally, there's a hallway that goes around in a circle to like outer rooms. And then there's a central middle office. Mm, okay, cool. So this door seems just as good as any. So yeah, let's go through that door. Are you just like pushing past him? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get violent with the kid, but <laughs> I'm not really considering him a threat or capable of stopping me. Right. So, you know, I've already told him, that uh, I was going to see the magistrate. So I guess I'll tell him I will see the magistrate now and, and you know, walk past him. All right. Uh, go ahead and make a roll. Make a roll. Here we go. Ooh, five. Okay. So not very good. No. So he kind of throws his little body in front of the door. It says, I told you the magistrate's not seeing anyone. Okay. It's for his safety. Have you seen what it's like out there? <laughs> I don't know you. And I told you, Pip, he will see me. And uh, I'll pick him up bodily, but gently, and put him aside. All right, go ahead and make a roll. A might roll. I might make a roll. Oh. <laughs> 17. Oh, yeah, you do fine. Um, the ease with which you can move to displace him especially like as you start to get agitated, there's a slight sort of mechanical whir mm-hmm. as you pick him up and he kind of staggers back and looks alarmed and kind of runs off. Cool. So you're standing in front of a door. All right. Let's 
open the door. The door is locked. Okay. You notice there are two locks. One that seems to be a relatively simple lock, not very secure. And the other one that seems to be a bit more of like a puzzle-like lock. Okay, cool. (laughs) How stout and sturdy does the door seem? The door itself, you you might be able to do some damage to it with time. Um, It's not... It's not, it's pretty sturdy. It's just like the building is stone and the door itself is relatively heavy, but it's not a material you couldn't get through with time. It wouldn't be quiet by any means, but, and it would take you a while. I don't know if I'm so good at, uh, you know, picking locks and that sort of nonsense, figuring out puzzles and what have you. Not really my thing, but... Always give it a try. Let's examine the lock and see what we can do with it. Do you want to deal with the simple lock or the more ornate lock? Um, the more ornate lock, because that okay. seems like puzzle based. Yeah, it looks like a metallic box with moving pieces, sort of like a sliding puzzle. Like right. those ones where you take out the little space holder and then oh, you can yeah. like put mm-hmm. them together. Yeah, you can get them like as a party favor. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So um, if you'd like to make a roll yeah sure i mean what the this hell, one right? is definitely an intellect one the other lock is a speed one okay okay let's see what's what's the worst that can happen here yeah and let's let's try really hard on this one here are you so, spending effort yes okay I'm, I'm gonna really strain my my poor uh you know, neanderthal brain mm-hmm. to try to figure out this puzzle sure so i'm not the smartest guy on the block Oh, shit. Nope. Don't know how to roll dice either. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Got this whole desk to roll them on. To be fair, it's just this little part here where my, my pad is. Yeah, your giant pad. Don't make it sound like a little mouse pad. I mean... It, like, is, takes up the whole surface. This is a small one. Oh, you my know, goodness. I didn't get... The other one was, like, you know, a good you know, three, four inches taller sure and, and a little bit wider okay so roll just, your day i like this one because it's colorful it is colorful anyway how does effort work again i don't remember so you're gonna spend three points from your pool because you don't have any uh edge in that one true and that will reduce the difficulty by one so you need a nine or better all right cool can do no i cannot i rolled a one. Oh, so you're moving the little sliding metal pieces around and you're concentrating so hard to try to make it, you can tell the cir- you need to make it into the shape of a circle and you're just like pushing these little metal pieces and your thumb slips and gets nicked on the sharp edge of a metal piece and you take one from your might pool and damage. What? All right. Cool. That's not cool. That's a heck of a nick. Well, you rolled a one. That's true. <laughs> uh, and that's my um, GM intrusion. So you start, you lost health and started bleeding all over the place. <laughs> so um, that's also one experience for you. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. That's three. Splendid. All right. So a couple things. Obviously, you could try again. You could start working on the door. Um or you can look around and see what else you might be able to do. 
You also have three XP, which you can wait until you have four and that will let you do one of the level up type abilities. Mm -hmm. Or you can always spend one to re-roll if you want to as well. Mm, I see. Let me take a look around. Sure. See if there's any way else in other than this door. It seems like it's probably the only way in. That's what I'd guess. But, I, you know, I don't want to not look around especially because i'm regretting letting the kid run away because mm. i could have like made him open the door i think so that was kind of a missed opportunity there all right so i'm gonna have you go ahead and make a roll just to see what you notice as you move around kind of like using it almost like a luck roll cool 15 oh yeah so moving around, you can see that most of these outer offices, some of them look to be like study rooms, but a lot of them seem to be living quarters of these, perhaps of the priests that he was referencing. Um, obviously, whatever chaos has happened here, a lot of them seem kind of overturned and just a mess. Um, but you do notice as you move around this circular hallway that there are kind of inset into the central office more of these stained glass windows. They are in sort of these metal scroll work looking, the glass is set in this metal scroll work type frame. Um, and they're not very big windows, but there there is that as well. But there are no other doors into the room that you notice. Hmm. Okay. So conceivably, I could smash a window and climb in that way. Potentially. Potentially. Maybe. All right. That seems like a much easier way than bashing down the door and uh, and or trying to figure out the locks. Since I let the kid run away, um, probably with the know-how to open it, I think that's going to be my best option. So I'd like to try to do that. Okay. I'm going to bash it open with a, I don't know, a table leg or something like that. <laughs> Just find some stout debris to use on the window to smash it out. Yeah. Because you don't want to mess around with no glass. Glass will cut you to ribbons. True. You know, so you need to smash the window out as much as you can and then climb through safely. Okay. Um, I would say that just because of the way the glass is placed with kind of the metal in between and everything... Um, I'm going to call this demanding. So nine or better on your die. All right. Here we go. And it's might. So if you want to spend points, you're allowed to. But that's where we're going to start. Uh, take me down to 13 on my might pool. Um, yeah, might as well. You might as well. <laughs> See, it's infectious, isn't it? It's so hard to resist making those jokes. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Ooh, 14. Okay. So you easily break the probably precious glass <laughs> of, of this window um, and are able to use this, you know, improvised tool to kind of push the, the framework that's holding the glass in place out of the way and, and clear the shards, leaving you not very big. Like if someone was chasing you, this would not be the best time to be squeezing through a window or something, mm. but you can definitely fit through it. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Just take your time and, you know, slip through the window. Sure. So once inside, you can see that it's an office 
um, that looks quite untouched by the chaos that's outside. There is a desk and a few trunks um, lying around. I'd like you to go ahead and make a, a quick intellect roll, not one where you have increased difficulties. It's not a knowledge one, really. It's just to notice. Uh, and I will say uh, like six or better. All right. Eleven. Okay. You notice that it's weirdly cold in here, and the room seems to be colder as you get to the center. Hmm. Okay, cool. Before I do that, oh, actually, I'm already in here, but I'd like to examine the door to see if it can be unlocked from this side with just the turn of a switch or similar. Yeah, you do notice from this side of the door, it is very easy to disarm both locks. Cool. All right. I'm not going to do that just now, but um, good to know. Hmm. Okay. I wonder, also examining the door, does it appear to swing inward or slide into the wall or what's what's the deal with that? What I'm, look, what I'm getting at is I might want to, assuming the kid ran off to get help, perhaps. Right. He might be back any minute now with said reinforcements. So, and I'm thinking he'll probably know the the combo and the key and all that right so i kind of want to see if there's a way i can wedge the door from this side um let's make a roll and see what you come up with uh i would say wedging a door yeah six or better all right here we go Whoop. That's twice <laughs> dice are too rolly too round Rolled away to the underdark. Oh no. Ugh, goodness. It rolled all the way to another game system. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't help it. Alright. Eight. <laughs> that is better than six. Trying to justify the purchase of a dice rolling box. Yeah, right. I think we have to at this point. Um right here, so rolling. yeah, you can definitely kind of looking around through like like I said, it's a relatively plain looking office but kind of rummaging through some of the trunks that aren't locked or anything like that you find some various items you can use um like books and material and stuff like that that you can use to kind of block up the store and even there's a chair if you wanted to like try to move that into place and things like that or even trunks themselves um but you can definitely come up with a solution that would slow anyone down who is going to try to get through that door cool yep yeah, I wasn't necessarily looking for full-on barricade, but right. just like something stout and wedge-shaped that I could kick under the, the door frame. Yeah. So that I would it, say you definitely find something like that in the various like ledgers and things like that. You find something that would work. Cool. All right. Sweet. So having successfully wedged the door as makeshift as I can, uh, I'll investigate the center of the room where this coldness seems to be emanating from and want to see if there's a, an obvious source. All right. So as you walk to the center of the room, you notice the sound of your footfalls change, almost like below the center of the room is hollow. Hmm. Cool. All right. Neat. This reminds me of um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. In the library, I like to smash through the <laughs> the floor tile right on the X. 
uh, and get into the, the hollow floor. Yeah, while the librarian is stamping books. Right. That was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so other than that, though, is there anything at the center of the room that maybe... Are you, are you getting down to inspect or what are you doing? Well, I mean... So I'm at the center of the room. Yes. I want to see if there's anything obvious. Like, is there a gaping hole in the floor through which a draft is pouring? Or is there some sort of... No, I mean, it looks like a stone floor. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, let's investigate the floor more closely. Looking for uh, seams or cracks or anything like that. Yeah, so getting down kind of closer to the level of the floor and looking, you can see a circular seam. Uh, looks like it's for some sort of doorway. And then um, what appears to be a button. Oh, shit. Like kind of worked into the stone. Oh, dang. An actual button. I thought I was going to have to look for like a torch or a loose book or some <laughs> shit like <laughs> no, that. No, it's a button. They, they build like a button you can step on. Okay. Yep. So there's probably like usually something else under like over it or whatever. Okay, cool. I will push the button. All right. Um, When you push the button, the... S- the stone of the floor kind of, hmm, what, how would you say, kind of like your shield on your Warforged, how it oh, like, yeah. cl- like telescopes it, in. It, it fans yeah. in. Yeah. So itself. the stone like kind of almost recesses into itself super quickly. So I'm going to need you to make a speed roll just to make sure you can get out of the way. This is going to be six or better. Nice. Let's see what happens. 15. Yeah. So you leap back as this kind of hole almost immediately opens. And you can see leading down are stairs spiraling down this sort of column-like hole into the earth. Cool. Does it appear well lit down there or does it appear gloomy and dark? You can see the stairs go down about 30 feet. And there's a slight flicker of light at the bottom as if there's a light source down below. All right, cool, cool. As long as I don't have to fashion a makeshift torch before I head down, I will go ahead and head down. All right. And it's even colder in this stairwell. It just seems to to get colder and colder the deeper you go. And you notice an odor of something sort of sharp and rotten, um, fruit or burnt meat or something dead. Um, and at the bottom of the stairs, you see a series of torches, very old school, set into the wall that lead down a tunnel. Okay. So that's very interesting. You know, if in England they they call a flashlight a torch, mm-hmm. what do they call a torch? <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it's an electric torch. To be fair, mm, an electric torch. But we call it a, a torch, torch for short because nowadays that's the only torch you're really referring to. Yeah, I, I guess you just rely on context. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> oh, my battery's dead. Fetch a torch from the glove compartment, and I'm not expecting to come back with, with like a three foot length of wood. Like, yeah, wrapped with wrapped a with cloth. Burning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you did come back, though, <laughs> what the hell, man? You... <laughs> All right. Uh, so the wall is like lined with these torches and little, you know, brackets, or is it just, are they kind of stuck there? I mean, I don't know. Does it look like I'll need to grab one to continue or? No, there's um like a whole row of them lighting this entire hallway and you can see that there's a door of some kind at the end. All right. 
Let's creep along stealthily to the door. All right. So heading to the door, it is like a mirrored metal sort of panel in this medieval stone wall. Oh. And you would recognize this as a whisper lock door. I see. Where normally you have to know the password to get through. Okay. But if you do not, or you don't have someone who does, you know there are other ways through doors. There are other ways. All right. Um, yeah. You know, they're a little bit more force is typically required. <laughs> I, can't, I can't let this door stand in my way. I'm going to look around for a little bit, see if there's anything obvious that stands out to me, you know, or anything like that. So I don't want to try and guess the password. Right. You could certainly, if you wanted to search the office or something like that, go find the kid. Those are all options. Mm. Connie would stand in consternation for a moment, perhaps stroking his chin as he contemplated these options, and then shrug and decide on the bust-the-door-in method of getting past this uh, whisper-locked door. Right, this is a challenging door to break down because it is metal. Not for long. <laughs> um, so it would normally be difficulty five, mm -hmm. which is 15 or better. Okay. Let's see here. We want to bring that down to a two. That's six points of might. So remember you're tier one. So you can only spend one effort. Oh, I can only do one effort. Okay. So you can bring it down to a four, which is 12 or better. Right. And then if you have skills you can apply or something like that, that can also reduce the difficulty further. Mm -hmm. not, not really. Or if you have an object you can use that, you can use that as a utility to kind of bring down the difficulty as well. No, I do have a uh, edge and I'm not going to do a lot with my knife or my bow against a metal door. Um... I left my lullaby blanket back with Saria. Otherwise, I could take a nap and think about it. <laughs> uh, no, if I bring the difficulty down to four, that's probably feasible. Um, and then I, I don't know what edge is. Edge reduces the edge. cost. Got it. Oh, okay. That's just like a value, not a thing that you spend. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Let's just start smashing the door. All right. See what happens. Should be trying to beat 12 because I brought it down to four, right? Yes. Okay. Remember, you only had to spend two points to do that because of your edge. Right. Yep. 15. Yay. So you are prepared to hear the crunching of your shoulder or whatever it is you're using to like basically bash into this door. I mean, you're not using anything <laughs> except yourself. But you haven't really gotten used to the fact that you're not built the way you were before. Mm -mm. So as you kind of really psych yourself up to start ramp, like probably repeatedly bashing into this door, you start to glow. And as you hit, it's metal on metal and it just dents in and gives way. It comes off its hinges, which are on the inside. And the door falls down dramatically into the room beyond, you can see a large unadorned room. It's not really a basement or a subroom. It's a, looks like a mortuary. Hmm. And 
their bodies wrapped in strips of uh, these cloth in these shrouds. There is a purple fabric um, resting along benches, preparing for whatever needs to be done. And you can see that the unwrapped parts of the corpses that are down here are their heads. So their bodies are covered and shrouded, but their heads are left unadorned. And you can see their eyes stare blankly upward. Their mouths are slack. Um, the heads are all shaven. Like uh, after death, this is how they've cared for them here is by shaving their heads. Um, and then on their foreheads, you see a black mark about the size of a fist. Hmm. And at the far end of the room, well lit by both flame from torches and glow globes, you can see a tube coming from the wall. A large sparking like plunger-like device is resting in a vat of bubbling water. And at the room's center, a man leans over one of the corpses, his ear to the dead man's lips. And it looks like he's listening for breath, like checking to see if the, the person is dead. But you notice that the dead man's mouth is moving and not just moving, it's speaking. And that's where we will end today's session. <laughs> oh, man, how creepy. I get the feeling in here, like in this room, in this setting with New Manera, right? That, yes. Like, so, so I recently finished Abaddon's Gate, um, which is like book three of The Expanse. Mm. And I'm not going to get spoilery or anything like that, but they're discussing some technology in, in that setting. And they're how like, and the character is is saying that we're we're like a monkey pushing buttons on a microwave, and so we push some buttons and a light comes on. So oh, this thing must be a lamp, and you push other buttons and it zaps you. Oh, it must be a weapon. Like you know, <laughs> like like that. That's kind of the feeling I get in this room where it's like yeah, we don't really know what we're doing. I'm like a monkey with a microwave, <laughs> just like. Boop, boop. Oh, okay. That must be what this is for. Meanwhile, the, the, the inventors of this technology, long dead, you know, 60,000 years ago or something like that. Yeah, it, it was just something to automatically park their flying car or whatever. <laughs> really right. cool. Palpable tension <laughs> is the point. So we'll talk a little bit about what you think might be going on um, in the patron episode. Okay. Um, but for now, this is where we'll leave off and we'll pick up right with this. You busting down the door, seeing this guy there and him probably noticing you because you just busted down a metal door <laughs> into he's, this room. He's dedicated to listening to, to old boy there. So, right. uh, so that's, that's kind of cool. He must think it's real important. Anyway. All right. Our <laughs> All right. So this has been rainy. Your games master for this episode you can find me um on many places in the internet but easiest place is probably twitter i'm at barbarian rainy i'm santiago as always your player through this and thank you rainy for letting a player play <laughs> you can hit me up at twitter at rangugiri if you like or also we do some video game type of shenanigans and nonsense on youtube at youtube.com slash rangu and you can find links to all of that in the description as well. If you are interested in supporting the podcast or getting access to extras like patron-only episodes between every episode um, of the adventure or 
early access to the video series that we're starting to do, those kind of benefits can be had on our Patreon page. That is patreon.com slash just barbarian things. All right. Thank you everyone for listening. And until next time, spend your rage wisely. Or don't just hulk out and kick the door down. (laughs) 